God says that uh, the soul that sins, it shall surely die. Uh, the wages of sin is death. God sent his son to pay that debt. And when the son died, justice was satisfied. The truth is offensive. The truth is offensive. The gospel is offensive. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. What's going on, guys? And welcome to That Good Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Marcus Arnett. I'm here with my co-host, North <laughs> Northeast Tennessee's version of R.C. Sproul, Mr. Seth Carter. <laughs> I'm just missing my Diet Coke, man. <laughs> Oh, thanks for joining us today, guys, and happy, I'm about to do it again, happy Christmas. happy day after Christmas. Yeah, happy day after Christmas. Uh, we're recording this on the 26th of December, the day after Christmas. We hope y'all had an awesome uh, Christmas. Hope you enjoyed time with your family, your friends, uh, and just kind of reflected on what the meaning of Christmas is. Uh, we're excited to be recording today's episode on the importance of the gospel. So, we want to take a second to give a shout out to our sponsor, Narrowgate Boutique. You can find them on narrowgateboutique.etsy.com. And I also want to take a second to uh, remove my foot from my mouth. In our debut episode or our preview episode, I failed to mention my wife and my kids <laughs> because I'm a big idiot. So I want to give a shout out to my wife of 11 years, my both my boys, uh, ages 10 and 6. I'm very thankful for them. God has blessed me, uh, just richly blessed me with awesome family, wonderful wife, and and two awesome boys. So I want to give a shout out to them. Uh, they're radio famous now. So uh, I just want to give glory to God for them uh, in this episode because I failed so miserably to do so in the first one. So we had an interesting conversation yesterday around the Christmas dinner my nephews brought this up and asked this question, which at first, like the first asking of the question, it was like, uh, are you serious? But the more we thought about it, it was a pretty interesting question. Are water and ice the same thing? The same thing? Yeah, the same thing. Are they the same thing? Is this getting into a Trinity discussion? <laughs> it, it's funny because it did a little bit yesterday, but just at, at base level, are water and ice the same thing? Well, if this is getting into a trinity, well, we're not going. Don't go, we're not going that far yet. Just, just a simple question: Are water and ice the same thing? The same. <laughs> I feel like this is a trick question. I don't like it. It is. It is. It's one of these questions that it's the same. They're the same but different. So same element but different form. Yeah, because yeah. you can't have ice without water, right? Sure. Yeah. But. If you look at an ice cube and look at a cup of water or look at just water standing flat, it look, they look totally different. So, mm -hmm. yeah, you don't really care at all, do you? No, not really. <laughs> I just... <laughs> well, I just thought it was an interesting conversation. So you're not going to, yes or no, you're not going to say on there. If this is going into the trendy, there's no good analogies really yeah. for the trendy. Well, we could try to... to Spin Let's not it. try any analogies for the <laughs> We could try to spin it. Yeah, we would sound like even more idiots, I think, anyways. I would. 
But uh, I just thought it was. I just wanted to get your take on it, and see what you thought about it. Well, usually when somebody says is ice the same thing as water and yeah. this and that and steam, it usually comes out to talking about the trendy, and I just want to shake my head and walk away. And not yeah, cause an argument. Yeah. That conversation. Yeah. I feel like I just go into total like nerd mode whenever I'm trying to explain the trinity. I think that's the same for all of us. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's one of those things in your head it makes sense, and we know it's biblical. But trying to explain it is like a four-year-old trying to tell somebody what they uh, drew on a piece of paper with crayons. It just doesn't make sense. <laughs> I mean, you can lie. I'm, I'm trying to, but I don't want to be lying. Oh, gosh. Okay, guys. Well, um, today's episode is on the importance of the gospel. We mentioned that. Um, so just getting started here at, at – Base level, first question I would ask uh, somebody, Seth, it, let's pretend like we are people that's never, that have never heard uh, just biblical truth, never heard anything from the scriptures. And the question would come up, what do you mean by gospel? What is the gospel? The good news, of course. That's what gospel The means. literal it's meaning good is good news. The literal meaning yeah. means good news. Okay. So at, that's just the... the General explanation of it is it's good news. So um, can you explain a little further than that? Why, why would you call it good news? Why would I call it good news? Because mm-hmm. it's the only good news that matters to humanity. Okay. Now we we want to hear good news in all areas of our life. Sure. We want to hear a good doctor's report. Mm-hmm. We want to hear a good report about even our vehicle. When we take it to the mechanic, mm-hmm. that's not where it costs. Even so your car's money. extended warranty. Yes. <laughs> yeah, just, just all kidding. kinds of. You no. want to hear good news yeah. about everything. Those calls are straight out of hell. You want to hear good way. news? Anyways. Well, they probably are. <laughs> Anyways, go ahead. It's you hard. want to hear good news about your children doing good sure. in school, yeah. all kinds of things. But the only good news that truly matters is, is God's good news to mankind. Absolutely. The right. reason why is because is we're all under the wrath of God. Yeah. Anybody that's not in Christ, the wrath of God abides on them. That's the truth. It. it the wrath of God abides on us. Um, so that's bad news that the, that that the, bad news. That the wrath of God abides on. Us. So if I were to ask you, Seth, what is the gospel and give you two minutes or less, what scripture would you take us to? I go to the first Corinthians 15 for Paul lays it out here and I actually got it marked in my Bible. And Paul writes here for, I deliver to you as of first importance. That's important right there. He says, first importance, mm-hmm. Why I also received that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures and that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. So that's the gospel in a nutshell. That's the gospel in a nutshell. Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried and he rose on the third day according to the scriptures. Absolutely. So just a quick way to answer that question for people that may we may come in contact with where they say, what's the good news? What do you mean by gospel? Well, Jesus Christ is the gospel. His his story is the gospel. But in a nutshell, it's that he he died, was buried, and re- was resurrected, just like it was prophesied that he was going to do. So that's a good way to understand, just in short, what the gospel is. Yeah. Any more comments on that question? Or well, everybody wants to know why did Jesus have to die when you bring up the gospel. Everybody wants to know, well, why did Jesus have to die? Why do right. we need salvation? Why yeah. do we need to have peace with God. Why can't he just forgive? Yeah. Forgive if forget. God's God, why can't he just forgive us? Yeah. Without he can anything? do whatever he right. wants to. Yeah. 
and he can do anything he wants to except go against his own nature true that yeah and as we mentioned last uh episode towards the end god is holy mm-hmm. he's just he's righteous he can do no wrong and apart from christ's atoning work god can't forgive you yeah at all yeah and kind of going off of that um i think locally i won't say well i think it's a little bit broader than locally but in the bible belt what I have encountered before, and I'm sure you can probably attest to this too, is a lot of times when you hear the gospel presented, it's only half of what the gospel is. It's only the good news. There's no bad news yeah. to make it good news. And I think you've said it before uh, several times I've heard you say it, is if we don't have bad news, how can we appreciate good news? If we don't realize that we are vile, wretched sinners and we fall short on all levels, yeah. um, how how is the gospel good news? So. Um, I think that's an important important point to make there too. Is we need to know the bad news and the good news. It is important because when it comes to evangelism and the importance of evangelism, I know so many people. I mean, they mean well, Marcus. Mm-hmm. They do, and I've been there for when I first was converted and everything. Didn't know really how to give a decent gospel presentation mm-hmm. just because I didn't. I was just young in the faith and yeah. didn't know no better. But you will hear people say, "Jesus died." was raised on the third day, come to him, he's a perfect savior. Mm-hmm. You can be saved. People want to know, well, what do I need to be saved from? Mm-hmm. And that's where the wrath of God comes in place. Yes. And you have the law to show you that you are a sinner because it is our schoolmaster. And that's what makes the good news good is when you realize how bad the bad news really is. Yeah. 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 And I think that's, that's something too, that um, we probably, I say we as in, the evangelical community in general, uh, we probably fall short on that is, uh, through the scripture, making people realize how bad the bad news is. It isn't just like, uh, you've said it before too, but we're not just sick with sin. We are dead in our trespasses. We're dead in our sins and we're hell bound. Absolutely. We're hell bound apart from Jesus Christ. Many people don't like to talk about hell much Mm -hmm. anymore. Yeah. Um, sad thing about it is, it's missing in a lot of preaching today. Sure. It's missing in a lot of uh, sermons today across the world in pulpits. But hell is a real place. Yeah. And it is for all of eternity. It's not just for a season of time. It's for all of eternity. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's important to, to mention when we talk about hell, too, is the importance, like you said, the importance of having it included in a message that's being preached. Um, but you and I both have experienced this too, where, um, you go to hear a, a pastor or a preacher preach and the only thing they talk about is hell. They, yeah. they, 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 uh, hang people out over hell as we've heard the old saying, yeah. hang people out over hell and then make them realize that that's, that's their future. That's their, where they're looking to spend eternity. But then they stop there. Then give no people hope. They'll yeah. give them the good news about Jesus. Right. So, um, I think definitely for sure we have to we have to preach the message of the the doctrine of hell in the scripture it has to be taught yeah it has to be preached but at the same time there has to be a balance between how bad we are what's the outcome of being that bad and then here's your hope and it's in jesus and here's the gospel and here's what happens if you reject the gospel and reject christ reject god's plan of salvation It is eternal damnation forever and ever in a place called the lake of fire. Yeah. Yeah. And then that's when, that's when the hope 
of the gospel comes in. That's why it comes in. That's why it's good news. That's why it's good news. This is top. This relates to hell, Marcus. And it's just a thought that guy shared with me one time. I cannot imagine how bad hell really is because it was made for the devil and his angels. Yeah. An angel of light to be in torment compared to a human being. How strong and powerful hell is. Yeah. I can't imagine it. I'm yeah. glad I don't have to go there. Amen. Amen. But yeah. I'm not going hell. I thought we was going to break into a chorus. I there. don't know what you're singing, but. Oh, you, yeah, you do. You, do. you know. Um, so the, 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 we've kind of already broke into this, but our, the second question, um, that we were going to ask was what makes the gospel important, which we've kind of talked about that, but just to drive that home a little more on what makes the gospel important, uh, is you, or we read, uh, in the beginning in verse 16 of Romans chapter one, it says, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel for it is the gospel is yes. the power of God to salvation and skip on down to verse 17 in Romans 1, it says, for in it, so the it that it's talking about there is the gospel. Mm -hmm. In the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written, but the righteous man shall live by faith. So that's why the gospel is important because it's the power of God to salvation. It's the only way to be reconciled back to God. Absolutely. To be restored back to God, to have perfect fellowship with God. Yeah. So talk about having the, the righteousness of of Christ uh, it, with through through the gospel. How, how do we present that through the gospel? How do we present the... Having like, the righteousness of Christ. Well, it's applied... To, the righteousness of Christ is applied to anybody who believes, whoever believes uh, the gospel. And it's important to say this right here. When we say believe, you got two different Greek words in the scriptures that talk about believe. And without going into that in too much depth, there's... Like the demons, they believe. They know God exists. And tremble. They the tremble, Bible says, yes. yeah. But there's also believe like you have saving faith, like believe. Mm -hmm. Like Paul says, nobody can make Jesus Christ Lord apart from the Holy Spirit. Right. There's everybody believes God exists. Right. It don't matter if they say, well, I'm atheist or agnostic. Everybody believes that God, mm -hmm. the God of yeah. the Bible exists. That's back in yeah. Romans 1 before uh, verse 16. But... So we need we need to be regenerated to we believe. need to be regenerated yeah. to believe and that's another thing and that could be another episode for <laughs> what comes time. first the chicken or the egg right that's, oh, that's the question <laughs> yeah does faith perceive regeneration or regeneration yeah. perceive faith yeah and that's been the argument for the church yeah. for probably five hundred and some years if yeah. longer what comes first the ice or the water ice or the water <laughs> Don't <get back> on that. <laughs> oh man you hate that that's okay um, so. Yeah, having the righteousness of Christ imputed into us, which is yes. a big, it's, I mean, it's it's a fancy term and way of saying we need to be clothed in the righteousness yes. of Christ. That's the only way we can stand before God. That's the only way any of us go to heaven, Marcus. It's the only reason why you're going. It's the only reason why I'm going. It's Christ's righteousness alone applied to us. It's not your righteousness plus his. It's not my righteousness plus his. It's his alone that gets us into heaven. Absolutely. That's the reason why I have such a hard time dealing with people that believe you could lose your salvation. Now, I'm not saying they're not brothers or sisters in the right. Lord. Yeah. I never say that because I believe that you could fall from grace for about three or four months into my conversion mm -hmm. to my pastor stepped in and really helped me out with that. Yeah. But when it's Christ's righteousness alone that gets you, in the salva uh, gets you into heaven, excuse me, 
how in the world could you ever fail? Right. Fall, yeah. When it's all his right. righteousness. Right. And I, I, which, you know, we'll, I'm sure we'll get into this a little more in, in other episodes, but um, the thing that really drives that home for me is Romans 8 and 1 when it says, there is therefore now no condemnation. Now is in right here, right now, as a born again mm-hmm. child of God with the righteousness of Christ applied to us. Yeah. There's now no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. Yeah. Romans so, 8 probably being one of my favorite chapters in the Bible drive drove it home to me and same here. When you realize when you're truly converted, I hear this a lot in the church and we're getting on some other things, but it's all right. It's it all relates to the gospel, but when you really realize that you cannot fall from grace or your sal- lose your salvation, mm-hmm. people say, well, you just going to encourage people to sin. I say, no, if your nature has been changed mm-hmm. through regeneration by the Holy Spirit of God, you're not going to want to sin anymore. Right. Yeah. You- you're not going to, no, I mean, you don't sin. Yeah. But you're not going to have that desire to go out and sin right. like you did before you was converted. Right, you're a new creature, and I think that's what—that's another point for this for this second point we're on here on what makes the gospel important is the message that in Christ we're a new creature versus and we kind of talked about this before, but uh, being in Adam, meaning that in Adam all die, that sin entered the world in the garden when Eve. Um, sin against God did exactly what God said not to do. And then through that, through the fall in the garden, sin entered the world through that original sin and realizing that um, because of that, the curse of sin spread throughout all humanity to this day. We still are cursed with sin, but the difference is in Christ, we're a new creature. That's right. That's why completely different. And I would even say a better translation of that's creation. We're a new creation. You're a new creation. Created to good works. And Christ Jesus. Yeah. And, and we're created unto good work. So, um, you were talking about somebody that says, well, because we're saved and we're in Christ. Um, if we say that we can't, um, fall from grace, lose our salvation, however you want to word it. If we say that, then we automatically think, well, if you believe that, then you believe that you can go out and do and live any, any way that you want to. But the Bible clearly tells us that we're saved unto good works. So good works um, will be the fruit yes. of somebody who has truly been born again. Absolutely. Um, kind of going back to, you, you've talked a lot about evangelism, but um, why it's important. Why do we need good news? We've talked about that, but um, a good resource for with evangelism. Um, we both have listened to several or watched several of his videos, mm-hmm. listened to it. Ray Comfort does a wonderful job with that and presenting the gospel, presenting the law and the gospel. Yes. Um, so the reason why the good news is important is because you have the law to show you that you're a total failure. I'm a total failure. And then you have the gospel, the good news that shows us that in Christ, we're a new creation. We're, we're, we're brand new. We're made new. So the importance of the gospel with evangelism is, number one, it's the power of God and salvation, yes. but also um, giving people good news after they've been condemned by the law. As Ray Comfort would ask somebody, do you believe you're a good person? What would you say if I ask you? you if believe you're you a good, asked me if I was yeah, a good person, yeah. uh, before conversion, I would say, 
before being converted, I'd say, well, sure, just like everybody else. Yeah, does. I, I think I'm a pretty good old boy. Oh, yeah, I'm a good old boy. Yeah, you know, so I for drink, I might drink some beer on Friday night and go down to the local, local honky-tonk. Yeah, you know? yeah. But, no, after conversion, I would say absolutely not. I'm pitiful. Yeah. Because I understand God's attributes now. And realizing <laughs> just how wretched we are com- compared to how, in our mind, the the image of ourselves that we have built up, it's so oftentimes it's, we think of ourselves a whole lot higher than we should, not realizing how, how sinful we are. If you don't know anything about the holiness of God, you won't realize how sinful you are. Absolutely. You realize who God is and his attributes, your sin will show through mm-hmm. your whole life. Yeah. So you may have somebody, um, especially, which we've talked about the Bible Belt a lot, but in the Bible Belt, you ask somebody, do you believe you're a good person? Most people are going to say, yeah, you know, I go to church every now and then, and, and you know, I give some money to the national whatever society charity, yeah. yeah you know i pay my bills on time or you I, even have church pips i pay my tithes i pay my tithes i'm a member a of a church is the thing yeah and, and it's just sad because they being deceived and what worries me marcus is people that don't have the gospel preached in churches yeah for sure because if you take the gospel out of church it's not a church it's a synagogue of satan it's what it is yeah and so i'm glad you said that because and I, I had this marked in my bible to read in chapter 10 of Romans and verse 14, it says, How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? How will they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how will they hear without a preacher? So you're talking about hearing the gospel preached. You said you worry about people that hadn't heard the gospel message preached. Well, the scripture is very clear in the importance of preaching the gospel. Absolutely, whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. But the, the importance of having the gospel preached is, how will they believe in him whom they, whom they have not heard? Yeah, through the foolishness of preaching, God has chose absolutely that method to bring people back to him and everything. And if you don't preach a biblical gospel, there's no salvation. Absolutely. And so um, something that I think it's kind of just something that we probably just pack off on a pastor. We'll say, if I can get them to church, which is, I mean, it's not a bad thing to get to invite somebody to church. They come to church, but we say, well, if I can get them a church, I'll make sure that my pastor, you know, I hope that my pastor will preach the gospel. But we also have that responsibility as believers. Of, oh, you have of, the commission from the, the Lord the, Jesus to preach the gospel to every creature, absolutely. to every single one. Yeah, so it's not just hung up on the pastor or the evangelist, or whatever. We have that commission from Jesus Christ Himself. Yes, to every single believer to preach that. So that's that's important with evangelism, um, and as we go out into the world, uh, we know that we are in the world. We're not of the world. God didn't save us and just leave us here just to be, you know, enjoy the rest of our life. Now God blesses blesses us with many things, but He saves us for a purpose. He yes, saves he us unto good work. So uh, the importance of evangelism are just so clear in Scripture, but we all fall short in that area of our life. And I'm not here. Or not even I'm not mentioning this to hang a burden on somebody that may think, man, I am failing so bad at evangelism because in all honesty, we, we all are pretty bad at it. it in the most part, I would say we, we worry about what we're going to do, uh, what we're going to say to mess things up. And the beauty of the gospel is God works even in our weakness 
and things that we think are our stupidity. We're worried about saying certain things. God still works in that to bring people to salvation in him. So uh, that's important to, to realize with evangelism that, that God will work through our, um, our weakness, our stupidity, realizing that um, if we mess something up, it doesn't mean that somebody won't be saved. Yeah, I like that quote you mentioned about Spurgeon the other day when you was talking with me. Yeah, um, Charles Spurgeon has a quote, and I'm probably going to butcher it to pieces here. But he's talking about, uh, he was talking about evangelism and sharing the gospel with somebody and how, like I was mentioning, we worry ourselves to death on how much we fumble in trying to do that. Mm -hmm. But Spurgeon said that it's like a campfire it's with leaves on top. The leaves that are on top are all of our shortcomings and our weaknesses and our stupidity, basically, and us preaching the gospel to somebody. And the fire of the word of God, the Holy Spirit, just burns right through those leaves. And that's that's comforting to know that um, you may have you may be listening. You have a family member, a husband, a wife, a child, and you want to see them come to faith in Jesus Christ. And you beat yourself to death because you don't. You feel like you don't do a good enough job preaching the gospel to them when in all reality, you can't, you can't get them saved. No, you can't. It's not based on your performance right. or how clear you uh, present the gospel. Mm -hmm. Well, don't get me, don't get me wrong here. It doesn't relieve you of responsibility. It don't re yes. That's what I was wanting to say. Yeah. You need to mention the message of repentance that's mentioned in Luke chapter uh, 24. Um, I believe it's verses 46 through 49 that talks about that. I'm just taking a guess at that. You need to mention repentance. You need to mention uh, the law, God's attributes and everything, and what happened at the cross that Christ bore the wrath of God for yeah. anybody who believes in him. You need to mention all them things, but how clearly you present it and yeah. this and that. You're going to mess it up. You're going to mess up. For sure. Your nerves are going to be tore up a yeah. lot of times. For There's sure. been so many times I've been witnessing to people, I mean, men that scare me, mm -hmm. that would probably tear me in two. <laughs> and I'm pretty good-sized guy, good-sized man myself, but I still get nervous yeah. reaching out to people that are just, just the best way to put it, rough. Yeah. I mean, rough cut. Yeah. And you preach the gospel to them. Yeah. And then God's providence he makes a way. Don't mean I won't be persecuted eventually. I'm probably going to get punched in the face <laughs> one of these days, but it'd be worth it, though. Yeah. And I like what Paul said right here in 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 2. He says, therefore I, therefore, I endure all things for the sake of the elect, that they also may obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. Yeah. Paul suffered so much for the people of God to be saved. Yeah. God's chosen people. Um, he suffered so much. There's people who are be saved in this world that we don't think will ever be saved. That's true. And that's, that's encouraging. It gives hope to people who have, um, like I said earlier, family members, loved ones that they think they'll never be saved. Yeah. And it's not up to us to say that who, we don't know who's going to be saved. We don't know who the Absolutely. elect of God is. We don't know are. who they are, and it'd be a foolish thing for us to even think that yeah. we know. Yeah, but the the awesome thing about God, well, there's many awesome things about oh, God, yeah. but the awesome thing about God with, with uh, relation to evangelism is um, it's God that does the work yes. of evangelism. We, like you said, we have the commission to take the word uh, 
take the, the gospel to people, present it to people, but the results are not up to us. That's right. It's the Father that draws, it's Christ who saves, and it's the Spirit that regenerates. But it's important um, that we know what we're telling people. We know that uh, the message that we're preaching is the gospel message. It isn't just only good news. It's presenting them as guilty, using the law to present people as guilty. Uh, before a holy God, they stand condemned, and in Christ, they are not condemned. Mm-hmm. And why Why is that so? It's because, like you read, 1 Corinthians 15, because Christ died and was buried according to scriptures, and he rose on the third day according to scriptures. Yeah. That's the gospel message. So that's why the gospel is important. Um, I'm sure there's probably a lot of stuff we miss with why the gospel is important, but oh, it's never ending. Gives us so much to it. It definitely. Uh, I think the the biggest way to wrap that that point up is it's the power of God and salvation. That's why it's important that uh, the gospel needs to be preached. It needs to be preached in church. There's no other way to be redeemed. I mean, that's the best way to clear it up. There's no other way yeah, to be redeemed. Yeah, the gospel message. It is the power of God and salvation. So kind of moving on some of the stuff we probably hit on a little bit already, but um, what's the danger or the outcome of not preaching a biblical gospel? Well, I would go right to Galatians chapter one and read verses six through nine. This is the apostle Paul speaking here. He goes, I am amazed that you are so quickly deserting him who called you by the grace of Christ for a different gospel. Mm-hmm. Now this is first century. Yeah which is really not another, only there are some who are disturbing you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to what we have preached to you, he is to be accursed. As we have said there, as, excuse me, as we have said before, so I say again now, if any man is preaching to you a gospel contrary to what you received, he is to be accursed. That means he is to be damned. That's strong language there. It is strong language coming from Paul, but that's how important it is to not preach an unbiblical gospel. Yeah, and so um, Seth mentioned this was first century here. So um, when he talks about being so quickly removed, uh, this wasn't very long after the message of the gospel was preached to the, to this this church here these people in Galatia the churches in Galatia and we see uh, in in the book of Galatians here that the Judaizers had came along and they were basically trying to convince the Galatians to be circumcised yeah uh, that they had to be circumcised to be a part of the elect of God they be, wanted to add to the gospels what they're they adding works to unto salvation that's is what, what they that wanted is. to do and so that's something that we see a lot um gosh I I can't even say we see it a lot in the Bible Belt. We see it everywhere. We see people that preach. We even see people that preach the gospel. I mean, preach a orthodox view of God and mm-hmm. preach the gospel in churches. Tend to, if they're not careful, they want to slip up and add little bits and pieces. A little bit stuff. of work in there. Yeah, yep. they do. Yep. Um, and I'm, and, and that's why it's important to preach a biblical gospel because out of that, out of out of, I think when it all boils down to it. Um, looking at no matter what heresy it is, uh, colds and all these different things, a lot of it can boil down to just adding works unto the gospel. So the awesome thing about speaking of works is the work that was required to make it to heaven, Jesus completed on the cross at Calvary. When he died, when he gave up the ghost, 
he cried out, it is finished. Yes. Signifying that the work that was required to make it to heaven, Christ completed. He completed the work of salvation at the cross of Calvary. So something that's interesting, about a year ago, um, we started attending our, our church, that we our home church now that we attend. Um, they were preaching through Leviticus and uh, through the priesthood and the sacrifices and just how bloody and gory and nasty that was. And the comparison was made with our great high priest. We don't have a great high priest, which is not touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted as we are yet without sin. It was talking about Christ and comparing that to the Levitical priesthood. And the awesome thing about it is when Christ died on Calvary, when he said it is finished, when he ascended back to the right hand of the father, he sat down because he was finished yeah. because he was done versus in the Levitical priesthood in the temple, there were no chairs. Mm -hmm. There was no place to sit because they were constantly work, 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 work. And then in Christ finished, sat down to right hand of the father. And it's awesome because he didn't sit down because he was tired because he needed a break. He sat down because he was done. The work of salvation was done. And uh, I think it's just a, a beautiful picture of why we cannot work enough to get to heaven because Christ already completed the work. Amen. And you know that's a you know it's a good church and not seeker friendly when they're preaching through the book of Leviticus <laughs> expositionally. Yeah, you well, know that's a good church. So. Yeah. What's funny is is I think we automatically think um, a church that has, you know, a certain attendance or whatever, a bigger size church, we automatically think, well, you know, they're probably <laughs> bless the Lord yeah. has prosperity going know, probably on. Probably handing out lollipops at the door. <laughs> Got Holstein Jr. in there <laughs> preaching. When when it was just hilarious because, you know, we went there to visit and uh, for like two Sundays they preached to Leviticus and I'm like, Well, you know, they're probably not uh, trying to keep people here <laughs> preaching through Leviticus, but uh it's awesome, man. The whole scripture is inspired at all points to Jesus. Amen. 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 So the danger of not preaching a biblical gospel, we've talked about that. We talked about how out of that um, you can get all kinds of heresies. A lot of times it just boils down to adding works to things, yeah. uh, adding works to salvation to make it to heaven. You can get all kinds of cults that spin out of that. Oh, um, yeah. Just all kinds of craziness um, or as – a friend of mine likes to call it heresy stank garbage. Heresy stank garbage. Yeah, doo doo butter. <laughs> we could go with that if you want to, but I'm not gonna say that. It is, man. It is. It's it's uh you know, we, we start adding to the gospel and it, it is straight up heresy. No doubt. It about is it. straight up heresy because it's it's a perfect plan of salvation. God has it all figured out and it's all through Christ. And it's it amazing. It is, and there's so much assurance in that, knowing that it's in Christ and it's not in the best you can do. I just wish people realized anything God does is perfect. God does it perfect. And you don't have to worry about it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So for anybody that may be listening, maybe you're a pastor, a teacher, uh, teaching in a church, I, I would challenge you to read through the book of Galatians and say, am I adding works to the gospel message? Am I adding works to salvation? Or am I adding works to sanctification? So you say, what do you mean by that? Well, are you telling people that they're saved, but then they have to do X, Y, and Z to make it to heaven? Yeah. Um, it's a good challenge to any preacher or teacher of the Word of God to for go sure. through and examine themselves. Absolutely. So, um, and it's you know, if if you're if you're willing to look at the Scripture without a certain lens on it, yes, um, and just let the Scripture say what it says and say, ouch. If it hits you, 
say hey, man if you if you can go with it um I, it, it'll shine a bright light on our lives to see where we actually stand um with our our understanding of what the scripture says yeah all right well um anything else you got you want to add in seth uh, that's about it. I just want to say a thank you uh, and give a shout out to Jeff Putman that Dulos Bible rebinding. Um, he gave me a beautiful sixteen eleven New American Standard Bible. At sixteen eleven, son. Sixteen eleven New American Standard, man. They're rare. Yeah, no, I, very I rare. appreciate his work and what he does for the Lord down there in Alabama. Yeah, that's awesome, man. And uh, I mean, I can attest to that. I've seen, I've seen the the Bible that he uh, did for Seth and. It's just awesome. I mean, I've got about five or six Bibles over here. I'm not trying to get super uh, religious over here and make you think I'm holier than you are because I have six Bibles. I just have a lot that I <laughs> Well, if they're all KJV, you probably are holier than me. <laughs> we ain't going to start on that today. <laughs> oh, man. Guys, thanks for listening. Tune in next week. Yeah. Um, we do not know what we're going to talk about yet, but we will figure it out then. Yeah, yeah, we got a couple ideas. I also want to mention this real quick before we close this out. Uh, Seth and I have talked about this. You may listen to this and have some questions that you would want to ask, um, maybe anonymously. Uh, I think a lot of times people are afraid to ask questions in a church because they may think, "What is there? You know, what are people going to think if I ask this question?" Yeah. Um, maybe the pastor's going to think I'm not even saved if I ask this question. Sure. Um, and we want to give you that outlet to say, um, we would like to send in a question. If you want to send in a question to us, uh, I mean, it can be honestly about anything that you want it to be. And we will do our best to try to tackle that with the scripture. Um, with a Christian worldview. Yeah. From, from a, from a Christian worldview, uh, with a biblical answer, uh, from the scriptures. But we realized that, um, you may not want your name associated with that. And that's completely fine. Um, if, if you want to do that please feel comfortable to do that. We're not going to mention your name on the air. We're not going to say, you know, uh, uh, Johnny sent in this question wanting to know, uh, if his pastor's preaching Harris. <laughs> yeah. Johnny sent in this question. Wonder if first Baptist of so-and-so is preaching this right here. Yeah. First Baptist of Moab. Uh, <laughs> but anyways, we wanted to give you that outlet. Um, we're not trying to take place of your pastor or somebody in your life that's been discipling you, but we want to also come alongside them and point you to Jesus through the scripture. We want to open that outlet up to, uh, to you if you want to send in some questions. And then also, I mean, our plan with this podcast is to have guests on from time to time, people that like, uh, uh Seth said it before, but that have been in the word much longer than we have been saved for longer than we've been alive. Uh, and just, talk to them, get them to, to address some of the questions that maybe we feel like they would do a better job explaining than we would. So uh, we want to give you that outlet and we hope that you'll continue to listen in. We uh, really appreciate it. We have no idea where this is going to go or how far it's going to go, uh, but we pray about this and we want to glorify God through this. So uh, God bless you. Thank you for listening in and we will close with that. All right. Sounds good.